Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners. It's the brand newest installment of The Podcast Trademark. Mm-hmm. We are the one. We are the That's one us. podcast. Yep. <laughs> We're the one that is going to fight the Matrix, etc. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We're going to have a really confusing talk with the architect like you do. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's just going to be like, oh, yeah. Oh, I get this. I th- No, no, I don't get this. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually don't. No, <laughs> it's the newest installment of Dead and Lovely here with the host of the most. It's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be talking about the Adams Family Valuse from 1993. <laughs> Wowzer. That, yeah. Adams Family Valuse. I, I did that right, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that sounds like it might be French. Perfect English, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, of course, if you want to get straight on to the movie review portion, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description. Long story short, yeah, you should watch this fucking movie. Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, Yeah, it's great. (laughs) This is the last episode of the season. What are we going to do? Cover something stupid? Well, I guess that could have happened. It's a Patreon pick. Yeah. But our patrons have great taste, so. That's true. They do. Works out pretty well for us. For putting this in the bowl. Good one. Love this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. So we'll get to that later on after we've shot the shat and uh-huh. uh, had a co-beer and all kinds of stuff. You want to go ahead and start beering ourselves? We probably I just do. need a beer early, don't yeah, we? Yeah, because I, I picked up a, uh, what we got here? Ninkase Brewing. Ninkase? Ninkase, maybe. Uh, okay. It's a Bend, Oregon local, or Eugene, Oregon. Man, I'm getting everything wrong, and it's in a, on a can right in front of me. You live there, Steve. God. I know. <laughs> yeah, why don't I know every city here yet? Uh, <laughs> I picked up the, the uh, at the Costco yesterday. They got a great beer selection at Costco's generally, and mm. in the Pacific Northwest, let me tell you, they are fucking killing it. Costco is killing it in the beer game. I picked up this uh, sampler of IPAs from Ninkasi, and this is a Total Domination Northwest IPA. Got notes of grapefruit, pine, and bitter. I love a note of bitter. A note of bitter. Okay. All right. I'm listening. That sounds pretty solid, man. I've got myself a a beer that was gifted to me by our good buddy, Mr. Roger Dean Miller. Oh, he's got taste. Mm -hmm. He's got good old taste on him, man. And uh, this is a Saucy Brew Works L Lager Amber. It's just a Mexican-style amber lager. Came in a big old pint can. It's just 4.4%. I've poured it into my my drinking vessel right here, and it looks like a dang old delight. I love like a Mexican amber, you know, Me like, too. Even like a like a Me Dos Equis amber. Any of those are great. So I'm sure this is yep. going to be awesome. Saucy yeah, fucks around. They they sure do. Uh, and uh, by the way, this oh, yeah. this definitely has um, that old school IPA taste to it. The the yeah. good bitters and like piney resins, but still citrusy and, and drinky drinkable. <laughs> It's drinky. It's, drinky it's real drinky. This mm-hmm. is a real drinky beer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> is it going to give you that bitter beer face though? I yes, The boomers gonna, warned us. <laughs> the boomers warned us about bitter beer face. That's why you drink Keystone Light instead. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got to avoid that shit right there, man. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that's working out for you, man. How's your week been? It's good. Uh, it, we haven't done a ton because we are still, you know, you know that process of like moving into a place uh, and all having ADHD um, where you're just figuring everything out for a very long period of time. 
Um, Dude, I'm telling you, if you ever go to somebody's house like the week after they've moved and you don't see a cardboard box anywhere, they are cops. Yeah, get out of the home. (laughs) Yes, run. Run. (laughs) Like if you go there three months after and you don't see cardboard, (laughs) run. Run. Yeah, we like we had so much kitchen stuff that I have run out of room in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I'm having to go through and like determine which spatulas to keep out. <laughs> like, now, hang on now, Steve. It sounds like you're over here trying to deal with your wife's problems. Ain't that more her domain being in no, that kitchen? Listen, don't, Just your problem? Hmm? Don't, huh? you know, my policy is women need to stay out of the, my damn kitchen. <laughs> as well as men <laughs> get out of my Everybody. Damn kitchen stay what out about of my robots? damn kitchen how do you feel about them being in there oh i don't know i mean yeah because like i'm in love with my stand mixer and if it could talk like i'd probably be cool with that yeah yeah oh uh-huh. the things it would say <laughs> yeah probably just like nom 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 i love chopping these things up nom 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 <laughs> is it bread day again good <laughs> yum i love It'd mixing bread say, yeah <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, I, the kitchen, fuck man, that, that is my domain for sure. And I, I have spent way more time getting the kitchen together than I have, uh, my own like studio or anything. In fact, I'm still recording in the living room, even though I, I should have sat up my studio already <laughs> sat up, set up, I should set, set, set it up. up. I should have mm-hmm. done set up. There we go. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so the weekend's, uh, the week's been going great. How about you? Well, dude, I'll tell you what. You know, this is the, uh, the week of Christmas as we mm-hmm. record this. So, of course, all is peaceful. Free time is ample. <laughs> I definitely didn't just finish the movie that we're talking about today literally five minutes before we started this call. <laughs> I did that because I've had so much free time. I know. I get it. I get to enjoy it. Enjoy the mean, holiday. Yeah, just chilling, not doing anything. I get it, man. I get no, it. No, never. You know, <laughs> that's what this season is for. Uh, but on the bright side, I was able to get all of my holiday shopping done early with the advent of these Trump NFTs, right? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh God. I really hope I hope I get the duck hunting one. That's the one <laughs> oh, I want. man. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're gonna choose one, man, how would you choose? It's kinda hard how to How do you choose? I like the the one with the the cowboy duster and stuff. That's definitely a Shutterstock image that someone stole. Of Did you see are. that? Yes, all of like them. Like they are blatantly Shutterstock images yes. that were not paid for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and listen, if you're listening to the show maybe for the first time and you're going to give a shit because we're talking about Trump, listen. Even if you like the guy, you can say this is stupid, guys, cuz it's fucking stupid. Also, it's if, stupid. if you like the guy, you can just turn the podcast off. Like, or you could do that. Yeah. You could, or you could do that. Actually, you know what you could do? You could turn the podcast off and then fuck right off. And on your <laughs> way to fucking off, fall off a cliff. That'd be cool with me. <laughs> oh, but not before you support this um, alleged billionaire by giving him $99 for a yeah. worthless token. Yeah, how about this? If you are if you support a billionaire in any way, you can go ahead and turn the podcast off, <laughs> fuck right <laughs> off, and walk off a cliff. <laughs> well, fortunately, though, you're not supporting a billionaire if you bought one of those things. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Dude, whenever I saw the fucking ad for this, and, and tell me if you had the same reaction, too. Were you not waiting for at the end for him to go and live from New York at Saturday night? This didn't seem like reality to me. 
No, nothing does really anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. though, honestly. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if you are aware that, like, emo and, and scene stuff is back. Yeah, that's back. That's, that's back. And I'm, listen, I don't have a problem with this as I was a uh, 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 single. A full-grown adult male while this was happening and it just meant oh chicks are hot great um they're coming to shows cr- cool <laughs> yeah coming to shows being being hot i love this it's great um but it's real crazy to me because we aren't even 20 years out from it yet like i know shit is right? sped up to the point where we're cycling stuff that's at most 16 years old yeah, yeah. Like Which still is in the ground, but still warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still warm. Like to the point where I was just thinking, like, oh, these teenagers are probably the children of of scene and 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 emo kids who had a baby sixteen years ago and then like haven't <laughs> progressed out of emo or anything. That's all they listen to. So like these kids grew up on it, and now they're like just embracing their culture i guess hopefully myspace comes back like that that's the one thing we need right honestly you might be right yeah because i'd say a lot of these people are the children of people that got knocked up in a warp tour porta potty for <laughs> <Right>. sure <laughs> during good charlotte set <laughs> i think good sh- yeah well that's the time to go to the porta potty of good charlotte's on stage <laughs> that's when i would have gone for sure yeah, exactly and probably would have cheered more just like at yeah. the toilet like yeah <laughs> go take pee. a shit this is great <laughs> you know i do say all this but at the same time i did see a thing just the other day reminding me that um does this look infected by some 41 it came out 20 years ago yeah uh-huh mm-hmm. that can't be right it is it it's, is it's right. right though but it is it's right, very yeah. right yeah uh-huh woof man yeah. god damn <laughs> the world is crazy right now it's a strange place man it's a strange place. It's it's very interesting, and uh, you know now though we got Trump NFTs, so we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, that took care of my holiday shopping right there. So I'm done. I'm secure. Everybody, check your emails. Yeah, and uh, you'll find those worthless pieces of shit in there. Especially Hillary. Check her emails, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? What is this episode? <laughs> We're rehashing shit from six years ago. <laughs> Butter emails. What? Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> We're bringing it back. Uh-huh. Fuck, man. Oh, you know what? It'd be awesome to start a an an email list that's all very butter centric for like people who are really big fans of butter and its uses in the kitchen oh, and yeah. stuff and it's called butter emails butter emails <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really strike while the iron's hot too yeah totally you know? right <laughs> yeah it's been a uh, it's been a frantic week man it has been um extremely 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 non-stop i am kind of struggling to keep my head above water because i know what my january yeah. looks like and it is it's, sheer yeah. insanity yeah, uh, we are so, we are plugging oof. along, making these episodes. Like, what is it? Just December twentieth, and this is coming out like right before New Year's. Yeah, yeah. For <laughs> we'll us, that's getting ahead. More. Yeah, we'll probably have a few more recorded by New Year's. So, yeah, yeah. yeah trying to. It's uh, it's been very fucking hectic over this way. We had a uh, unbelievable skank show the other oh, night. Yeah? Though, man, skank awesome. banger show the other night was mm-hmm. insane. Like, I think 
I think the best show of the entire year. It oh, was fuck. Awesome. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So that was a, a good little perk, man. I've been uh, trying to watch a few things here and there. I've still been mm-hmm. on my quest to become bored of the rings by continuously playing Lord of the Rings at every free moment during the holidays. Are you bored yet? Still not happening. Still wow. not happening. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I'm still getting new observations about these movies um, that we oh. we haven't even covered in all of our coverage of those okay. movies. So I was watching uh, Two Towers the other day, mm-hmm. and there's that part where uh, Gandalf calls for shadow facts, right? Right. Yeah. Lord of all horses. Mm-hmm. The Lord of all horses. I was thinking about how many horses are probably insulted by that title. Ooh, okay. You know? Such as, like, Mr. Ed. Could be, right? Like, yeah. I can fucking talk, Wilbur. <laughs> I mean, those fucking Rohan horses, those things yeah. put in a lot of work, you know? It's true. Though they did seem to be following him into battle, so it makes me think maybe they're cool with him being... Like, everybody is like, oh, fuck, is that Shadowfax? That motherfucker's Lord of All Horses. Okay, He's there might cool. be... But I think that there's also probably some other, like, renegade, like, rebel patriot horses out there that have, like, <laughs> bumper stickers on their asses with a picture of shadow facts that say, not my lord. <laughs> they, they got a big fucking Sauron eye with a thin blue line between it. That means oh, something. It means something. We don't know what it is, but it means something. <laughs> they have MAGA, make Aragorn go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's great yeah all right yeah <laughs> makes total sense yeah i think there's definitely some some horses out there that are pretty offended by that i was also noticing too during that scene whenever treebeard calls for the intmoot right uh-huh he gathers up all them trees mm-hmm. and it's like oak chestnut maple mm-hmm. like all those trees come out uh-huh. i was imagining that like what if when he's summoning up all those trees like they they'd already started the int moot and stuff, and then like crashing through the forest. Here comes a late comer to the int moot, and he's we- definitely wearing like a Baja jacket and like a uh-huh. knitted cap, and he's yeah. like, "Whoa, bros, what's <laughs> happening?" And then I think Treebeard and them were like, "Who invited Palma Tree? He's always so stoned, living right near the beach." That's how. Yeah, that is how. Trees would say that, yeah. And then I think they get on to him because he doesn't recognize how dangerous it is for a tree to smoke. <laughs> You're going to kill yourself, palm tree. Nah, man, it's all good. I don't have lungs. It's fine. <laughs> I can't hear you over these good vibes, bro. I think palm tree would definitely just be a huge fuck up stoner. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Accidentally <laughs> killing people with his coconuts falling out. That's a. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a possibility, right? It could happen. It could that happen, would man. be cool, though, if you saw palm trees just like in the battle scene, walking toward the tower and just dropping coconuts on orcs, and yeah. their heads are just exploding. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, "That harshed my mellow, bro." <laughs> Yeah, I love it. <laughs> other than that, we've been going through a few Christmas classics. We watched a uh, good old Die Hard the other night. Always mm-hmm. a 10. Awesome. Always yeah. a fucking 10. God damn, man. Just the, yeah. the pacing, everything in that Great movie. Great movie. 100%. One of the best ever, man. One of the best, yep. The night before, that Seth Rogen joint with, uh, well, fuck, tons of people in it. It's not really just his movie. I don't know that one. I mean, I know it exists, but I haven't seen it. 
Dude, it's got like Joseph mm-hmm. Gordon-Levitt and shit in it. You haven't watched mm. it? No, I haven't. Good. Dude, it's really fucking good. Okay. It's great. It's got a ton of people that you know in there, and it's, uh, it's a good balance of humor and heartfelt shit. I enjoy that one. Okay. Same awesome. with uh, The Family Stone. Watched that the other day mm. over brunch. Always okay. a winner. I think that's a very underrated fucking Christmas movie. It's really good. All right. I don't think I've ever watched that either. It's good. It's a heartwarming right. one. Kate sat on uh, fucking Babes in Toyland with uh, uh, old uh-huh. Canoe Reeves and stuff. And God, I hate that movie. That Me is too. a nightmare. That movie uh-huh. is just a fucking nightmare, dude. <laughs> it is. Makes me feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like deep, deep in your soul. Just terrible. Uh-huh. Deep in my plums, man. No good. What have you been yeah. watching? Oh, we've been on a Christmas kick over here. Let me just start with uh, a Black Christmas 2006. I've not seen that one. I mm-hmm. um, I, I, I endured the, the 2019 one that is just a piece of fucking garbage. Please it tell is. me it's better than that. Yeah, no, 2019 is absolutely like it, someone trained a bot to read Twitter and all they read was the worst shit. Yes. Um, I, 2006, if it weren't called Black Christmas, would be a, probably on most people's watch list for Christmas horror. Yeah. It's good. It's, I mean, it's not, it's not Black Christmas. It certainly has some of the setup of Black Christmas, but plays in a a way different way. And like, you know, it's got the, that 2000s remake thing of giving too much backstory about the, the killer. Which sure. is like the exact opposite of Black Christmas, as we know, say, like yeah. absolutely nothing about the killer. Um, but, and it also has that two thousands thing of like being plastic sexy, but having no sex really, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is whatever, you know. The first one wasn't really full of sex, though. Margot Kidder is, you know, everybody in that is exuding oh, gorgeous, sex. Yeah. It's the seventies. Um, but the, the, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, got that still, you know, mid 2000s fake plastic kind of feel, but you got, you got Mary Elizabeth Winstead who it's probably her worst role, but she's still, she's still there. Um, yeah. Who else? Uh, fucking, uh, uh, Andrea Martin from the first one. She plays like the house mother. Um, yeah, a few other people you'd recognize, but it's. It's fun. Like it's it's stupid. It's real dumb, but it also has like some real cool like fucked up shit in it that that huh. I enjoyed. I need uh, to watch I, it. Is it like streaming anywhere? Yeah, yeah, it's on um Hulu, I think is where we watched it. All right. So, well, hopefully yeah. I get some time to watch it. Yeah, yeah, give it a chance. I think, you know, just trying to just kind of forget that it's a it's a remake and and let it be its thing. I think it's fine. Um, we also watched the children, which I have been, um, I think I've probably talked about every December that we've had this podcast. And every time I talk about it, you're like, what's that? I know. (laughs) And I'm sitting here going like, I know you've talked about it, but I don't remember which one this is or why Uh, I've not watched it. I I can't really say a ton about it. I think it's because I can't really tell you anything about it without spoiling anything. Okay. We're basically yeah it's a family it's a family in a remote cabin for christmas um i i don't want to give anything away but definitely fucking well worth a watch the problem is it's never streaming anywhere it's like Mm. you can rent it sometimes some places and sometimes you can see it on uh you know with ads 
but I don't recommend watching it with ads. I just feel like the ads would break up the tension. But I mean, if, if you're the type of person that doesn't care about ads, I think it's streaming on like Tubi or something. The Children. It's from 2008. It's so okay. fucking, I like so tense, so good. I don't know why it doesn't get talked about uh, more among horror fans around Christmas, but definitely worth a watch. Okay. All right. This one, not a horror movie, but we did watch it, and I have things to say. Beauty and the Beast Enchanted Christmas. This is a direct-to-video sequel to Beauty and the Beast from 1997. Old school. uh Uh-huh. And I had never watched a um, a direct-to-video Disney sequel before i don't I know never that i have them. either yeah i remember like there was a huge rash of those where it's there just was. like oh they're making a sequel oh wait it's straight yeah. to video Ugh. and i'll tell you it really feels like each scene was just homework for a different animator like they didn't tell them it was gonna be like shown to people so like some <laughs> scenes will be animated fully like and it's like oh okay yeah this is that disney feel and then other scenes, it'll be like, oh, they obviously skipped a bunch of frames here. Oh, uh, shit. And sometimes it'll look cleaner than it does in other scenes. And then also, like, the villain is, like, early CGI. Ooh, <laughs> so, very like, nice. I bet it looks great and not dated at all. It, it really stands out against the other hand-drawn animation. Um and it's it's also Tim Curry. Like the voice cast is all the original voice cast and Tim Curry as this like villain character. Well, damn, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah, but it's also like everybody but Tim Curry was contractually obligated to do it. So a lot of their performances are contractually obligated performances. <laughs> they sound very much specifically the guy who does Beast sounds like he called in like long distance from hawaii or something like (laughs) it's just chris audio yeah it's it is insane like watching it i was just like huh and then like the songs are just like a grab bag of of buzzwords about christmas and don't make any sense they don't have any staying power if you think about them for even half a second it's like this is the dumbest shit i've ever heard (laughs) it sounds like they really put the passion into this one for sure right yeah um, I I would say that like, I mean, it the story doesn't make a ton of sense because it's supposed to happen while the events of the first one are happening. Uh, but, I was gonna say, yeah, how does this work? Is he yeah. like unbeasted at this he's point? St- no, yeah, he's beasted. So this is like, you know, the result of the story. Right? Like, you know what's going to happen no matter what. No one's in any sort of danger. Yeah. uh, Because it's in between the beginning and ending of another movie. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, it it really was not good. But, like, I don't know. Like, it was interesting as as an experiment to just see what Disney was doing with these movies. So, I definitely didn't think it was time wasted. All right. Yeah. Uh, but time that was very much not wasted was, uh, so Anna and I decided to watch, uh, we wanted to watch, uh, a, a Christmas horror movie and we saw silent night 2012, 
was one that people you know had had some positive reviews of and we thought okay found a a a streaming on youtube a great rip of it streaming on youtube and we're just like okay let's watch this is that like silent night deadly night okay so yeah turns out it was a remake of a remake slash sequel to silent night deadly night oh like we were reading about it as we were watching and then it was like oh fuck so like (laughs) we're both completionists um and we had nothing else to do because emily was at work so we were like fuck it we're gonna watch the silent night deadly night movies i had seen one and two and i knew two was fucking weird but i didn't know anything about the others how many others are there there are six there are six total movies what the Uh, fuck i thought there was like two or three no hold on let me just tell you some things Well, Anna and I are going to do a, a uh, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? A hell rankers uh, of this where we, we rank the movies by, by quality or whatever. For the, our this lovely one's Patreon gonna, community. Yeah, for the Patreon exclusive episodes. This, this is going to be a hard one because I kind of love every installment of this, <laughs> like on different levels. The first one you probably know. Um, yeah, I was going to say, give me a refresher real quick, because I okay. get a lot of the Christmas horror movies mixed up. Right. This is the one with the guy who, like, sees his mom get, like, raped by a mall Santa. Yeah, yeah. And is like, naughty and shit, right? Yes, yeah, that's exactly okay. it. Uh-huh. Okay, just making sure I'm on the right track here. Yeah, so that that one is kind of a classic in, in the same sense of, like, Christmas Evil or whatever, where basically sex made this person crazy. Um, sure. And it's it's fine like it's it's a fine movie um i always thought it was you know cool until i watched the sequels uh and the sequels changed my mind about how cool it was because the sequels are even better part Mm, two is 40 minutes recounting the first movie (laughs) i'm not fucking kidding movie half of the movie is recounting (laughs) the first movie by showing it by showing the first movie uh and it, it is the source of a um a, a meme that has been going around for a long time the garbage day meme uh it is very much not a christmas movie at all <laughs> but 40 minutes of it is christmas 40 minutes of it is a christmas movie for sure um part three has bill mosley i like um, that and okay so part one has uh a character in it who is in every single movie but is played by a different actor in every single movie and in fact played by three actors in one movie what? and two actors in another it is ricky the baby from the first one um he is he is played by a baby and a child in the first then he is played by a, a child a teenager and an adult in the thir- second then he's played by bill mosley in the third what and then the fuck? Clint Howard in four and oh, five. <laughs> I love Clint Howard. Well, head, dude. You need to see these fucking movies. This All of them are on crazy. Shudder except for the first one. So, okay. You, you, okay. So the third one has Bill Mosley and a girl who uh, is psychic. Um, and I guess it's <laughs> Christmas. Um, and then the fourth one is about a witch coven. Um, what? <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, How did this franchise get so fucking crazy and I didn't know about this? Dude, the fourth one is directed by Brian Yuzna and no. has, has effects by Screaming Mad George. No way. It's so fucking good. And it is not a Christmas movie at all. And it is unrelated. And it turns out, when you see part five, that part four is just an elaborate backstory for a side character in part five. This is awesome. I am so on board with this. I am enticed. (laughs) And part five, I am not kidding. I can't spoil it. I cannot spoil it. I do not want to spoil it for you. But it gets fucking bat shit like you do not you you're listening to me now and you could be thinking of a million things you are not thinking of the thing that happens wow there's no way and it's you got, sold me i'm sold dude it's got mickey rooney of mickey rooney's macaroni um, of course <laughs> mickey rooney and cheese um it's got mickey rooney and it it, <laughs> it has like tangential connection to the previous one and like zero connection to all the rest, um, and then there's the remake, which I uh, is the worst. It's the worst one out of all of them. But it's still and it, and it's it loses the tone because the others are all kind of wacky. But the 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 remake is like dark and grim. But then the kills will happen, and it's like okay, so they thought up some like silly kills, but then they made them like like so i don't know mean-spirited they took away all the silly basically from the movies Mm, okay and they made like a like a david fincher-esque remake and it it's just ridiculous anyway we do that (laughs) we re-watched that on uh sunday night after we had watched all the others because we thought maybe we were missing a bunch of like connections to the others and we were there are a, a bunch of connections but it's still not still not connected very well to the rest of the franchise. Anyway, so uh, we're going to talk about it much more in depth on the Patreon exclusive episode. So become a patron. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Patreon on any level you get access to those exclusive episodes. Yeah, there you go. That's a way to do it right there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's that's what we've been watching. Right on. Are you ready for, for Creep Moss? It's coming up. Not really. We have we have trees up. We we have some lights out. Like we've got we've got some decoration going. But like uh, Emily Emily is flying back to Knoxville to like see her family and stuff during Christmas. So I'll be here. Me and Anna will be here uh, trying to figure out what to do. So basically, we're just gonna have a meal. Don't really have any other plans. It's Christmas. We don't really ever do much. Sounds okay, honestly. Yeah, it is. It is. I like it. All right. Well, hopefully you guys have a, a safe and cozy Crete Moss. We'll be running around doing all of our, our usual um, craziness and shenanigans. But uh, this year, knock on wood, I won't have food poisoning. So it should be better than <laughs> last hope. time. Yeah, let's let's just all hope and pray and cross our fingers. I'm telling you, dude. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. Well, you know, Steve, the subject of today's movie is one uh-huh. Adam's family values. Adam. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's impossible to watch this movie and not start thinking about the family values tours that took place in the late 90s. <laughs> I'm talking about the new metal music fest by the same name. Am I right? Yep. 
You are right. It is impossible. I that's the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I think that's entirely normal and rational. So, right. Steve, I say before we start talking about this movie, which is completely related to this topic, let's just take a little detour here into the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. New metal edition. What what? <laughs> I hate you, Dad. Yeah, uh, I hate you, Dad. And also, uh, I want pussy. Right? Yeah. And also, side note. (laughs) Right? Just a dash of that on top. Yeah, throw a little dash of that in. Talk about about sex in the least sexy way possible. Be dressed just terrible. Just very badly. Just so bad that like, uh, like... all the people in the audience are dressed like you, and you're looking out at the audience, and you're thinking, God, we look like shit. <laughs> we look like a bunch of assholes. Damn. Uh-huh. <laughs> New metal. <laughs> New metal, dude. So we're talking about the family values here. So if you don't know, in the, it's like 98, 99. Yeah. Uh, when in New metal I think. was yeah. like at its peak, there was uh, a couple of tours going on right there that featured kind of all the cornerstones of of that genre as well as a few like electronic and hip hop hip hop acts yeah, too. Mm-hmm. Uh and we're just going to talk about our impressions and memories of some of those bands that appeared on there cuz I remember being the D my uh my brother definitely had the Family Values 99 CD the one that had the big baby on the front of it. Okay. And I think he got it at a pawn shop or something, and of we course, would ride around right. and, and listen to it in his car, which he had like a, a really raging loud system and stuff in. So uh-huh. we were probably bumping these tunes going up and down the uh, the glorious Morristown Strip, probably <laughs> hanging out in the, the Food Lion parking lot oh, like yeah. you do. So cool. Uh, turning around up at the Pizza Inn so you could make another lap and show everybody how cool you are. Yeah, cars loud. And that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We got so much attention, and I'm sure... Everyone remembers that time that we rolled around bumping, you know, nookie or break stuff or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. So, did you ever have these CDs or listen no. to them or anything? No. As we discussed probably a couple episodes back, I did. I, I, it was the Home Alone last week's episode. Uh, I never got into new metal. Like, I just was never a new metal person. So, that, I remember this tour well. Like, I remember all the the stuff going on around then, and I know the band names. I did not listen to them. Though there are some bands on this list that I definitely know well. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Kind of like what we were talking about last time, where, like, our age gap with me being, like, three years or so younger than you Mm -hmm. meant that when a lot of this stuff was breaking, I was probably at my most angsty anyway. Yeah. And I was was already behind you. Yeah. Yeah. uh Yeah. Um, yeah, you I were was moving like, on my to parents more mature are cool. things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked my mom and stuff. It was, like, yes, it was one of those, like, I do remember that era because, like, I was into punk and metal, but, like, as a, as, like, a show, like, punk mm-hmm. and metal to me is, like, and it really is with most people, it's just, like, a, a goof. It's, like, a fun goof you're doing. Like, oh, well, you know, imagine a bunch of babies on fire or whatever. That's brutal. <laughs> you know, like, it's not a real thing. You don't care about it. Uh, and these so guys are into- taking it real serious, though. They were like, no, really. Yeah. 
Yeah, my dad like, sucks. Yeah, my fucking dad <laughs> sucks. Ugh. And it's just like, okay, yeah, mine too, but you know, whatever. Let's move on. <laughs> you don't need to beat that bass guitar so hard about it, dude. For Damn. Real? Come on. <laughs> Wes Borland, like, what's wrong with you, buddy? Leave it alone. Like, is I remember Wes when all or this. Wes? I don't know. That's Wes. Anyone's... You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I remember when all this stuff was coming out. You know, again, I, I would have been like in '98. I was I was 14. '99, I was 15. So yeah, I was definitely kind of in the angsty young demo because uh, it's like, hey, you know what? Your parents will hate coming out of your room. This shit and. Uh, <laughs> True. I can confirm, dude. Can you imagine making a human and like paying for every meal yes. that they've ever eaten and every stra- you know, stitch of clothes they've ever had, and then you hear this shit coming out of the room? And, and it's like, and and then they're like, "Oh, I want these clothes," and you're looking at it and hearing it, and you're like, "In five years, you're gonna be embarrassed by this." Like, this dude, is this embarrassing. Is, what you're doing? <laughs> this is like almost how I know even even more sure that I should definitely never have kids because like if I had kids and they wanted all this dumbass shit and I knew that they would look back on it and fucking regret it I would be like oh yeah we're getting you, we're getting you those jinkos dude let's Absolutely. take pictures let's take a lot of pictures One, of this yeah, shit 100% do it. I'm like fucking do I, it I feel like my mom took that tack with me and it worked out fine where it was just like anything i wanted to do like i wanted to dye my hair blue at one point and i she was like okay i'll do it for you and did it for me and stuff and it was just like yeah it looks stupid so what you know <laughs> that you got that out of your system Let's yeah get back uh-huh. it's, totally yeah, get it, man. probably the best way to go about raising kids is let them do the dumb shit they want to do as long as it's not actually gonna hurt them right like yeah. i remember whenever all this stuff started coming out and i saw like like the corn shoots and ladders video was one of the first ones that right. I really remember seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not familiar with that song, it is uh, a bunch of adults um, playing really heavy dissonant music while uh, reciting nursery rhymes. Yeah, um, it is yeah. extremely stupid, and there's yep. there's bagpipes as well in there because reasons. sure, are. yeah. <laughs> I remember like feeling that there was a rawness like there was a real like oh man like these guys are fucked up kind of energy about it and thinking that that was cool but then it's like as soon as your mom or your dad walks in the room while you're watching the video you go oh they're just they're this is literally nursery rhymes that they're reciting this Mm -hmm. is fucking stupid and i'm 14 yep (laughs) (laughs) it's like just having someone that's an adult around you makes you realize like oh wait this is actually really stupid and so many bands around that time just took so many of those little things that kids would say or had like come up with and like turn it into like lyrics in a song. For instance, Corn's uh, Adidas song "All Day I Dream About Sex." Like they didn't, <gasps> oh my god! It, it, like they didn't come up with that. That was like a long held thing among children passed around the school ground, etc. And they were just like, "We'll put it in a song." Uh, good Charlotte did that with the fucking shake it once you're all right shake it twice oh, yeah. you're okay shake it three times you're playing with yourself like okay uh-huh. uncle like what the fuck <laughs> I, I know yes we all have an uncle who told, told us dirty jokes and said shit like that what, like, right anyway so <laughs> are we gonna talk about this family values tour or what <laughs> I mean let's just go ahead and start talking about it because the lead off track on the Family Values 99 record with the big baby on it is by mm. none other than one Limp Biscuit. Steve, tell me oh, about Jesus. your impressions and feelings about a Limp Biscuit. 
I don't care about Limp Biscuit, but I do love our, our pal RDM, so I won't spend a ton of time savaging them <laughs> because he loves them. Uh, I don't care about Limp Biscuit. Just don't. Always uh, hated to hear Fred Durst's voice. Yeah. Uh, or see him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. Like, I. I always felt like this was the band that I probably connected with the least of this right. entire crowd because there was such a huge hip hop kind of element to it. And I was like, yeah. I don't really want white guy rap stuff going on over my heavy guitars and drums and everything. Like that's kind of what kept me out of this band. And then, like yeah. you said, Fred Durst is just obviously a fucking cock. So <laughs> that kind of <laughs> kept me away from it too. But I will say this. Okay. Okay. As I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, I'm doing the Shiprock gig in January, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And as part of the all-star cover band thing on there, the the Stowaways, one of the tunes that we're performing, and I can't remember who we're doing it with, but it's a couple of pretty badass people from what I recall. Somebody requested that we do Nookie by Limp Biscuit. Okay. So I've been learning that. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, obviously it, it, it's very silly, stupid music uh, that I, I can't really listen to in any kind of serious capacity. But I will say this. I'll, I'll totally get some RDM credit points right here. Okay. Go back and listen to that stuff and tell me that the production isn't fucking fabulous. Good God, dude. Okay. Like, the people that were doing those records back then, um, Andy Johns did a bunch of that stuff. There's a whole lot of incredible production. Like, the drum tones, the uh-huh. guitar tones, the bass tones, like, everything on it sounds fucking awesome. I swear, man. Like, just the fidelity of some of those records really is like a benchmark so okay. even though the music is really stupid i will give it the credit of saying man it sure does sound fucking cool okay all right i can't uh, you know i have no- nothing to say about that as i don't think i've ever listened to any limp biscuit albums <laughs> ever. i mean i wouldn't recommend it but there is yeah. something to appreciate there at least at least with that okay yeah okay <laughs> who we got next um, so the next on the list right here is one that I, I actually do listen to from time to time. I forgot that Primus was on the Family Values tour. Yeah, when I saw that on the list, I was like, "Oh, yeah, no, I'd love, I'd love to see Primus." I've seen Les Claypool like, uh, just as the headliner. Les Claypool also saw him. He was in Oysterhead, right? Yeah, saw mm-hmm. saw Oysterhead. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh huh. I've I've seen him a couple times. Never seen Primus, and I don't. I don't like Oysterhead, so I'd much rather have seen Primus. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Primus is one of those bands that, like, you know, I looked at them on this lineup, and I was like, man, they don't really fit in on this. But then I'm like, wait, what the fuck lineup do I look at where I'm like, Primus is a perfect fit here. Right, like, yeah, where that does band Primus got started fit in? That in the late 80s, dude. I like, know. while Motley yes. Crue was, like, getting their dicks uh-huh. sucked all over the world, Primus They're existed. Making goofy-ass music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I don't really know where they'll they've ever belonged exactly on a bill, but especially as somebody that you know spends a lot of time playing bass. I mean, the influence of Les Claypool oh, yeah. is obviously he's great, uh, inescapable. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. fucking awesome. Like mm-hmm. he's he's super sloppy and loose. His his fretless playing is like out of tune as fuck, and also uh-huh. it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's just really cool stuff. Uh, I was having a conversation with uh, with a buddy of mine who just can't stand Primus. Like, he absolutely okay. fucking hates him. Uh-huh. Uh, he's really huge into metal and Slayer and stuff, and he just doesn't get into Primus at all. And he <laughs> he made a pretty good argument, and it's kind of okay. stuck with me um, for years, ever since he said this. But he's like, 
what what is the occasion where this is the right music to be listening to? Like, what are you doing? What are people doing while they listen to Primus? That's baby making music. Come on. <laughs> That's just butt fuck music is what that is, I guess. <laughs> Can't imagine coming to that. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a lot of those bands that you listen to and you're like, oh, yeah, this is good music for driving. This is what I want to listen to when I'm at the beach. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do while you listen to Primus? Like, what is the activity that you're connecting with Primus? Uh, my my skeleton is trying to escape my body, I think, usually. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> for some reason, my answer is jumping on a trampoline, and I don't even really know <laughs> okay, why. yes. No, I'm with you, though. That does sound like a fun time. <laughs> like, imagine you're listening to, like, my name is Mud, and you're just bouncing on a trampoline. Not Absolutely. really doing anything. Like, it kind of makes sense then. Yeah, no, I'm with it. I, I think that's a great idea to just jump on a trampoline and listen to Primus. Why not? Why not, mm-hmm. man? Okay, let's go. Let's go to the next one on our list here. How about um, <laughs> dad hating new metal superstars turned conservative icons stained? Oh Jesus! <laughs> How about stained. that band? Ugh. Again, that that was another band that, like, even back in the day, even at my most angsty. Where I was, you know, I wasn't even really that close to my dad or anything. I, I wouldn't right. say that we were super tight, but I remember listening to that band and being like, "Do you really hate your dad that much, dude?" <laughs> yeah, really. They, yeah, he does. <laughs> you saw his piercings, right? They yeah, say I, I hate true. my dad. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> Did you ever have any kind of connection with that band? No, no, not at all. They played that. It's been a while song a lot. God damn, dude. Radio and uh, at my work. Yeah, my work. I remember uh, serving tables. They played fucking Nickelback and Stained a lot. Jesus, dude. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. You were not getting paid enough for that. No, no. I, yeah. Stained, no. I don't know any of their other songs. Did, wait, did they do a cover of Behind Blue Eyes? Was that them? I think that was Limp Biscuit, actually. Yeah. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, the I remember Stain that did cover. Mud Shovel. Do you remember Mud Shovel? I don't. No. Yeah, that's fine. That's totally fine. You don't need to. <laughs> Not missing anything. Okay. No. So again, I will. I will give them the bonus points of like the drum and guitar tones on the records were always really interesting to me. Like even back yeah. then, like this is before I started playing guitar. I remember listening to their records and Seven Dust records both, which Seven Dust I actually think has some cool shit. Seven like Dust, they, yeah. Uh-huh. They have kind of managed to transcend the new metal thing that spawned them. And also, they're really fucking cool guys, too. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, but like I remember listening to their records and Stained Records and just being like, man, that guitar sound is just really, really gnarly. And yeah. uh, what was their guitar player's name? Mike Mushuck. He always tuned to like a flat like really really low so i just remember listening to his guitar sound and being like man it's so like guttural and sludgy i kind of like the guitar sounds but yeah i never connected with that music like at all okay yeah no i i don't know anything about music so if if uh musicians are talented then that's that's uh something that's always beyond me i just pay attention <laughs> to the lyrics usually <laughs> Boo lyrics. <laughs> I'm a lyrics person. Sorry. Which is, which is why you like corn the best of all these bands. <laughs> <laughs> Tasmanian Devil showed up for yeah. a recording session. 
Imagine uh, being like the live sign interpreter for that part of the show. Nope. Don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> You'd just be shaking your hands the whole time. Just yeah, like, like, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, don't I got know nothing here. Noises? What's the sign for noises? Unintelligible? I don't know. Yeah. I think Corn is probably the band of all these that I probably liked the most. Um, probably the least offensive. I've heard a, a lot of Corn for sure. Uh, especially my my friends were way into Corn, so I heard a lot of Corn in in cars uh, and got pretty good at at doing an impression of the Tasmanian Devil uh, to make fun <laughs> of Corn in my friend's car <laughs> it's a key skill to have for sure it right? is yeah <laughs> yeah again there's there's a realness and a rawness i think to their to their early records and they had really cool videos like the fucking uh like freak on a leash video and all that mm-hmm. stuff like all of those things were like benchmarks of that that era of mtv that we right. were kind of raised on as teenagers in the late 90s yeah so i probably connected the most with this stuff but still like i don't I don't think I've ever listened to a corn album start to finish. Like even back then, like I remember being like, okay, one or two songs and I'm I'm about good right here. But like yeah. I liked some of those riffs and some of the weird guitar effects on some of the stuff. Some of it was pretty creative. Okay. Um and unique in a lot of ways. And they always had really cool custom shop Ibanez guitars in their videos. Oh my god. Oh, really, okay. the, the guitars in the Adidas video uh-huh. especially are super fucking cool. They got good taste in guitars. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not a bad thing ever. If you got good tasting guitars, <laughs> I guess. Right? Boy, I hate that bass sound. Boy, I hate that. I you hate do? that. Yeah, yeah, hate that. Hate that a lot. Okay. A whole lot. Sounds like Tic Tacs falling downstairs. That's what the bass tone sounds like on Corn <laughs> Records. Just imagine that. It's just click. That's what the bass tone sounds like. It's awful. Tic Tacs falling downstairs. That is not a good descriptor of bass. You don't no, want that. No, it's you really do not. not. That. Like, nope, even that's a what it sounds bit. like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this one I, I'd say you probably are the most into uh, into this duo that appeared on Family Values. I think okay. ninety nine Method huh? Man and Red Man, who I oh, thought were yeah. very mm-hmm. very difficult bosses to beat in the Mega Man series. Yeah, Method Man, you know, he really took his time about it. He had he had his own plans and methods. Yeah, Red Man, uh, it, that just sounds like a very offensive. <laughs> character in yeah. Mega Man. Oh no. That sounds like something that would have existed in the 80s, you know, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean Method Man and Red Man, obviously I'd be super excited to see. Um I mean this is around the time How High came out, right? Mm-hmm. When they when they went to college and smoked weed. I don't remember what that movie was exactly, but they smoked a lot of that. weed in college. So Tight. there was that. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, I'd love to see Method Man and Red Man. That'd be that'd be the highlight of the the show, I would think, so far. Yeah, yeah, they're probably the coolest guys and the ones that you'd probably want to hang out with the most of all of these. For sure, yeah, I've definitely heard <laughs> Method Man is is really like cool guy, really fun to hang out with. So like, yeah, I I would absolutely prefer to hear their music or to hang out with them. So far, they've they've got both of those categories. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the uh, the table you want to sit at at dinner for yeah, sure. For sure. <laughs> um Filter performed on here. Now, Filter oh, is one of those yeah. bands, dude, that like, mm-hmm. you know, they get lumped in with this era of music, Shouldn't. but I think that they don't really have anything to nope. do with that stuff. I they think Filter not. is a really fucking awesome awesome band agreed um, yep that whole uh short bus album pro- problematic title now uh oh, sure. problematic title always but now we recognize it as problematic um 
uh, that whole album was great, though. I used to listen to that awesome. one on repeat there for a little while. Because, so, like, uh, I remember, you know, Hey Man, Nice Shot was, like, that was a popular single. It was on MTV sometimes, especially, like, Headbangers Ball and 120 Minutes or whatever. Uh, so I remember seeing that video a lot, and then it was on the Demon Knight soundtrack, and I was just like, I got to oh, yeah. get this album, and just loved it. The whole thing is awesome. Yeah. Um, what is their fucking singer's name, dude? I can't remember. He's that something, guy. Yeah, it's something Patrick, isn't it? Uh-huh, probably. Somebody is, like, banging the shit out of their steering wheel right now. I gotta he's get like, beat on this, because that's... It's him. That's gonna drive he's, me in, He's listening, like, insane. these motherfuckers don't remember my name! Oh. They don't know my fucking name. Yeah. Um, let's see, Filter... He's Robert Patrick's singer. brother, right? Rich, or, Richard Michael Patrick is his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's the T, T2000's brother. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... A lot of people don't know it, but he got his start playing guitar in old Trent Reznor's band, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, I did know this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Nine Inch and, Nails fan back in the day. So, oh, fuck that yeah, was man. Cool news to hear. Yeah. So, whenever he was in that band, he was writing a lot of stuff and it wasn't getting used. And apparently, he got frustrated and started his own band. Uh-huh. Um, so, especially that early stuff, you can hear quite a lot of the Nine Inch Nails influence. Some you of those can. Yeah. Guitar tones and stuff sound yeah. straight out of a Trent Reznor record. Mm-hmm. And man, we played a gig with them on Shiprocked. Oh, yeah. Probably like four years ago. Uh huh. They were unbelievable. Believe like, it. Yeah. Holy I believe shit. they were unbelievable. <laughs> Phenomenal. Like, they played. Um, Oh, shit. What's the name of that song, dude? Can you take my picture? Because I won't remember. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't remember the name. But I can't yes, remember the name of that song. song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, they started into that song, and their singer was just like, hey, this is the first time I've performed this song since my dad died. Oh. And then they just murdered it. It sounded Fuck yeah. flawless. Filter fucking rocks. That's yeah, easily agreed. my favorite band of all these. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so far, yes. I would absolutely agree with that. Best band that has been named killer dude crystal method was on this a little electronica oh, okay. kind of stuff going on on here yeah. crystal method i was never as into as like yeah chemical brothers and prodigy and aphex twin and a lot of that stuff that was kind of big in the electronic sound in the late 90s like anything that was on the the wipeout xl soundtrack for playstation that was more my vibe although i think crystal method was on that if i'm not mistaken but i don't know i always like chemical brothers and stuff better uh yeah i agree with that i i think like yeah, I know some Crystal Method, but I definitely knew Chemical Brothers way better, Aphex Twin way better. Uh, yeah, they they just kind of blended into the background for me. But would be would be fun to see the show, I'm sure. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Rammstein on the '99 or '98 one. I can't remember which one. I think okay. they were on '98. If I'm not mistaken, that sounds fun too. All right, now I'm I'm getting turned around on this Family Values tour. I know, right? Because you think about it, and you're like, yeah, it's corn and Limp biscuit and Stained, ooh. But then it's like, oh, actually, there's a bunch of good shit on here, too, yeah. that I'd like to see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun. I, I can't imagine. Like, I, I think if I saw Rammstein, I'd want to see them in Europe, where they're way more popular. That'd be a fun show, I think. Dude, but, seriously, their yeah. stage show now is unbelievable. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal, man. Um. And I think it's so interesting with that band, dude, where, like, I remember whenever Duhast came out. Uh-huh, yeah. And it really felt like one of those things that'll just be this novelty. wonder, right, yeah. Totally, because it's like, whoa, it's this German heavy metal band. Their name yeah. means battering ram, and nobody knows the words to this song. It's all in German, but it sounds really du hast evil. Du my Frau. Du hast yeah. my Frau. Yeah. <laughs> like, that seems like something that should be a one and done, but some fucking how... 
yeah, Rammstein over yeah, like a thirty-something year career mm-hmm. of never departing from the German language. Like, right. I figured at, at some point they'd be like, okay, they're going to put out an all English album <laughs> just to appeal to the masses, and they're like, nope, all it's German, gonna be, all the it's going to be Scorpions inspired. <laughs> That'd be yeah. rad, actually. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. I turned that up. Uh, when I was in Russia, they were so fucking popular in Russia. Like, so oh, yeah? popular. People love Rammstein. So, I yeah, I knew uh, in the early 2000s, like, oh, shit. Rammstein is, like, big worldwide. They're not just, like, a little band that we've heard a couple songs from. Yeah, they got the staying yeah. power for sure. While you yeah. were in Russia, was was that when they did that song with uh, Tattoo? Remember that Russian chick band? Yeah, yeah. Tattoo fake, was fake very, very popular yeah. uh, when whenever I was there. Uh huh. And I do. I mean, yes. I'd say they were very unpopular in some circles. <laughs> you know, the thing was, because like, yeah, they've they've like, you know, gay marriage is is still illegal in Russia, and like being gay in general is illegal, uh, especially in Chechnya. Um, but yeah, I don't remember that being a big issue with people at the time. So I don't know. Everything's gotten more conservative in the past twenty years. Yeah. Everything, everything is just getting more conservative, and then we get constantly get told that everything's going so far left. All oh, these leftists are crazy. They want yeah. <laughs> to be able to work and make enough money to live. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everything's so conservative now. Yeah, I don't remember it being a, a gigant. And I this is I was a Mormon missionary there, and I'm t- I'm dealing primarily with Mormons. I do not remember tattoo being a big issue with them. Word, man. Yeah, yeah. Rammstein's got the hits. They got the fucking riffs, man. They got like that evil disco groove. I fucking love it. Uh huh. Yeah. Have you ever listened to their? Um, they, there's like this Rammstein remix album that came out a couple of years ago where like all these different bands covered Rammstein songs and remixed uh-huh. them and shit. Have you heard the Meshuga version of Benzene? No, but that sounds awesome. God damn, guys. Like, if you're listening to this <laughs> right now, fucking pause it and go listen to the... It's called the Combustion Remix of Benzene. It's Meshuga and Rammstein. So basically, it's like the guys from Meshuga took the original vocal track to Benzene, uh-huh. which is a more like upbeat... Yeah, it's like a yeah. lot of Rammstein songs. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like an evil disco song. Right. But they took the vocal track and wrote new music for it that's just Meshuggah style, so it's fucked up as all hell and like yeah. super sludgy, slow halftime. It's the heaviest goddamn song ever made. The ending <laughs> will fucking make your guts fall out of your ass. It's insane. <laughs> so rush out to hear it. <laughs> yeah, so do it. Hold on to your butts, because that's what's going to happen. Sure. Ice Cube was on the Family Values, man. Talk oh, okay. about staying power. Cube, dude. Yeah. I mean, this is what? 2000, well, 98, 99. So, yeah, Cube. I mean, fucking uh, Friday after next to just come out around then, I guess. Or maybe even the, fr- yeah, Friday. The, the Next Friday is the second one, right? And the Friday after next is the third one. So, he's, so. he's like in the midst of his like turn to acting. Anaconda had just come out, but he's still oh, putting shit. out like good albums at this point. So yeah. that, that would be a good show for sure. That's a likable dude. I always think about our good buddy, uh-huh. our, our our lost buddy Brandon Suttles. When I think about Ice Cube, he was such a fan of his. And uh-huh. Friday was like Brandon's fucking favorite movie ever. Oh, Friday's so, great. I love Friday yeah, so much. Yeah. I'll, I'll always associate Brandon and Ice Cube and have fond memories there, man. So yeah, that would be a highlight for the show for sure. Absolutely, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe maybe Orgy would too. Oh man, orgy. orgy. Okay, 
Huh. Okay. I'm trying to remember any <laughs> orgy songs except for that Blue Monday cover. Yeah, that was definitely their big breakout joint. Um, right. Which is good. Honestly, it's a good cover. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't lie. I still like it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's a really good cover. Uh, very, very enjoyable. I don't know any of their other music now that I think about it, though. <laughs> I remember hearing that song and thinking that it was really cool, and I really liked the, uh, the aesthetic uh, and how edgy and dark that they seemed. They seemed like sad boys. And I was they like, did. I might be a mm-hmm. sad boy, too. So yeah. they're like me, maybe. Sad boy orgy <laughs> sounds like uh, a ba- <laughs> sounds like a band that should come out now. That Like, if you're looking Probably. for a band name right now, and you're a bunch of sad boys, sad boy orgy. There you go. That might be the way to do it, for uh-huh. sure. I remember like listening to their other tunes and not being as into it. I really, really wanted to like yeah. the other stuff as much but now that 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 new order blue monday cover is definitely the best thing that they did yeah uh they had that song like stitches oh that I you probably know. don't remember no. yeah no <laughs> no not yeah, at that all. band was kind of a flash in the pan right there they were for and sure our, our last one on our family value lineup incubus dude how about an oh, incubus emily loves incubus big incubus fan so i've heard a ton of incubus and i i probably would enjoy that show be okay with people me? that are into men are into that brandon boyd a lot yeah yeah he's he's a hottie i hear yeah a hunky boy mm-hmm. uh great live singer he can really sing his ass off live um yeah, no, he's a, got lot a, great of the, voice. a lot of the incubus lyrics are really dumb and i say that as a are person they? who doesn't okay. really ever pay attention to lyrics but yeah a lot of lyrics are not good i never <laughs> liked that pardon me song like that was their huge thing is pardon oh, me right that was them okay i yeah. do remember that song playing a lot i never liked that one like no i like their later stuff and their earlier stuff better like that uh what's it called fungus among us that was like this kind of funk metal thing that was pretty cool cool. Uh and then some of the later stuff that they did like that um what's the name of that fucking song stellar like i like that song a lot too that was a pretty cool one Mm -hmm. they always had great bass players that band has had i think two different bass players in their career and their the rhythm section has always been really fucking sick. And Mike Einziger is actually a really creative guitar player too. A lot of the guys in this era were doing pretty mindless stuff on guitar, mm-hmm. but he was always really creative with like his chord voicings and stuff. I feel like he's one of those people that like even if you don't play guitar, you could probably listen to the intro of an Incubus song and yeah. hear one of those guitar riffs and be like, "That sounds like an Incubus riff." Oh, okay. Well, I mean, here it is. Like we came into this like me thinking, "Oh, I'm gonna hate all these bands." I'd actually have a good time at the show, I think, other I know, than the headliners. Right? <laughs> I just want yeah. to go to the headline shows. <laughs> yeah, you just leave before the end of the show and <laughs> right. skip the lines to get the fuck out and stuff. Absolutely. So you probably have a pretty good time. Probably. That yeah, doesn't sound I mean, bad at all. Honestly, if there was a day that I could go and watch Ice Cube and Filter right. and yeah. Incubus and Primus and Rammstein, sure. I'd be like, <laughs> okay, yeah. That sounds like a fun time. I don't have a problem with that. And then I'd go do literally anything else while some of the other bands are playing. <laughs> right. Absolutely. When Biscuit hits the stage and I hit the car, you know, get out, out before everybody else. <laughs> That's the idea, man. That's the idea. Well, let us know what you guys think about some of these uh, these new metal classics over on our Facebook page. That's the place where you guys need to be hanging out. It's the only reason to use that godforsaken, world-ruining website. Right, yeah. Uh, our group is the place to be, so hang out yep. with us on there. Share your favorite new metal memories. That is, of course, after you... Rev- am i talking today review. what are yeah, words no, that that's was right. the remix you were doing the new metal remix that's what i was doing 
<laughs> I was the the guy that had a temporary job as a DJ in a metal band for just a second. <laughs> yeah. For like half a second. They yeah. were like, where's your turntable? And you were like, it's all here. And you pointed at your mouth and they were like, yeah. all right, you're fired. Re- 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 remix. <laughs> <laughs> we're not sharing the pay with you, dude. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can review a podcast really does help us out a ton. And now, Steve, let's get into the meat. Let's just sink our teeth into the marrow, deep into the juicy mm. viscera of this Delicious. episode. Mm. Let's talk about an Adam's Family Value, which was, of mm-hmm. course, a Patreon pick. Yeah, yeah. Ian Arkwright, I believe, uh, was who submitted it. And I was excited to do this movie. It's always been, you know, we're going to do it. We did the first one. Uh, it was just kind of figuring out when we were going to do it or whatever. And, of course... We talked about this probably a few months ago that this is a summer movie because it has summer camp in it. But it does, also, doesn't it? Yeah. It's also a Thanksgiving movie because it has a Thanksgiving <laughs> play in it. Uh, and we're covering it for the last week of December. So I'm going to say it's a winter movie now for fun. Um, okay. Why not? <laughs> it, I, it, this is a movie I absolutely adored, loved as a child. Since I've seen it as an adult, I realized that I had great taste as a child because it's fucking amazing. Such a great movie. Dude, I know. And, and here's the thing about this. like We, we did The Addams Family on the show a while back, mm-hmm. and similar to how we just did Home Alone 2 last week, yeah. you know, where it's mm-hmm. like, if I watch Home Alone, I'll usually watch Home Alone 2 and not pay right. that much attention to it, but it's on and I still enjoy it. Uh-huh. Same deal with these two movies where it's like, I watch The Addams Family, I always watch The Addams Family Values, only unlike Home Alone 2, I zone in on this one and watch it closely because yeah. I really like this movie. I was kind uh-huh. of worried that, like Home Alone 2, when doing this for a podcast and really putting it under the magnifying glass, that I would realize like all kinds of problems with this movie and be like, oh, it's just a soulless retread of what we ran into in the first movie, yada, yada. I only realize this because I'm taking notes on it and watching it as a as a podcaster. I got my podcaster hat on, so now right. I hate everything, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. that, that's not the case of this movie. This no. movie and the first one, to me, are really a perfect back-to-back watch yeah. both these movies they're both really mm-hmm. honestly equally good yep they're i mean they're movies about uh, a family that love each other and care about people and are supportive you know to whatever weird whims they they have uh and they're not concerned with with dying or or any of those things they don't seem to have any real fears they're just happy uh being who they are which is you know uh, goth people. They, they are, they're fun. They're the fun goth family that uh, you definitely wouldn't want to hang around because you might die. But they, they're loving and wonderful and just like the perfect example of a, of a happy family. Um, I know, dude. I, totally, I yeah. Just can't. I mean, I, I think that was kind of one of my problems that I talked about with Home Alone 2 is how in the first movie it's like oh these parents made an honest mistake in the second movie it's like oh no they're imbeciles who hate their kids and i don't like that this is a movie about people who love their kids and love each other and their conflicts come from outside not from inside i mean yeah in the first one fester shows up and he's he's supposed to be you know uh conning them but he's very quickly won over by them because they're so wonderful and and gracious and and caring um here you you get you know a similar someone coming in trying to steal their money this is very common from the show 
that their, you know, big evils would come in and try to take everything that makes them happy or makes them who they are. Take their family uh, fortunes. Yeah, take yeah. family fortune or take, you know, take separate them by taking Fester and not allowing him to see his family or whatever. But the central conceit is always that this family is happy and understands and loves each other and the outside world hates them for that. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the outside normies world can't is deal not happy. It. Yeah, normies right. can't deal with it because they're not happy and they can't see how you'd be happy and they pursue money and they pursue all these other goals that just never make them happy, whereas uh, Gomez just uh, uh, wants to voraciously eat his wife's pussy every single second of the day. <laughs> like, he's happy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I yeah, I think the, this, to me, was always just like, oh, boy, if I ever have a family, I hope it's like this family. Because they're happy, and they're good, and nice. Well, it's funny, like, you and I were talking about this when we were playing the episode out, and you and I both have been watching a lot of Bob's Burgers here lately. Right, yeah. Uh-huh. And there's honestly kind of a lot of common threads between the Adams Absolutely. and the Bob's Burgers family, where yes. they are this group of you know, offbeat, somewhat weird characters on Boz Burgers, and they all stick up for themselves. Like, they'll give each other shit about stuff, but at the end sure. of the day, they're the only ones that can give each other shit about stuff because they're family. Right. Uh, there's a lot of similarities and common ground, I think, between the Adams family and the, and the Belchers on Boz yes. Burgers. Oh, yeah, and, like, Louise is just one-to-one uh, Wednesday. Like, there's right. just paying attention... To this. Day Glow Wednesday is what she is. Right, yeah. Because like, we've been just watching Bob's Burgers off and on all the time, always. As uh, you do, because it's yeah. the best thing to do. <laughs> right. It's cheaper uh, than therapy. <laughs> yeah, and there's so many things that I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, like, Wednesday would do something, and it would be like, yes, fucking Louise has done that exact thing. Like, the, the painting to blend in with the wall and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. They've had her, her do so many things exactly like Wednesday, and I love that. Like, I love that they just kind of, they're not hiding the connection. It's like, yeah, she's like Wednesday, but different. This is a different family in different ways. They have different conflicts. They're not ultra rich like the, the Adamses are. They don't have, like, all the, like extended familial connections like that sprawl out they just got a few people like gail and you know uh the parents and stuff but it it doesn't sprawl like the adams family does but everything else about them just that as you said like they they may have their own internal like you know ribbing of each other but they they're protect each other against the outside world and, yeah, it all it all come from a good place. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and yeah. So and, and you know, Bob and Bob and Linda maybe aren't as you know uh, vocal about their love as as Mortician Mortish and Gomez are, but they do love each other on the same level. And I, yeah, I, I think yeah, there's so many real good connections between those two. That's interesting. I think we really haven't gotten into the movie. But I did try to watch Wednesday because you mentioned it and like, you know, we're doing this Adams Family a movie. And I thought, well, might as well try it. That show seems to completely misunderstand the Adams Family, doesn't it? I I feel the same way. Yeah. Because like, uh, like I was watching this movie with that in mind where it's like, yeah, yeah. Wednesday in this movie is obviously extremely morbid. Um, right. 
But at the same time, it's not like I hate my family. No, I she, hate everything. Like no. I just can't get into that sullen kind of thing that they're doing on on the new Wednesday show again. Right. Not made for thirty eight year old man no, it's audience. Not made for, for us, and and I accept that. And I accept like some people have said like, well, she's a teenager, so she's going through like an angsty period, and it's like okay, maybe whatever. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. The thing you tune into for the Adams family is just, you want the conceit to be that they love each other and then everything else, outside influences are the issues they have to deal with. And I, I didn't really, I didn't attach to it because of that. I didn't either. Like the yeah. entire concept that Wednesday would be like embarrassed by her parents. How? Like how? Weird. Why yeah. would you be embarrassed by these two people you who love each other? You want to be normal? Like what well, do you yeah. want them to be? Boo. That's no fun. Yeah. Uh, though I do get teenagers are like that. That's sure. That's acceptable. Um, but anyway, t- back to this movie. So this this movie, uh, growing up, like I remember seeing the first movie. Like it was, you know, uh, I had seen Nick on Nick at Night, like Adam's Family reruns and stuff. And so when the the movie, the first movie was coming out, I remember being excited and we watched it. Like rented the movie. Uh, and when the second movie came out, I was like super excited. So like. I remember we didn't get to go to the theater to see it, but uh, we did rent it like as soon as possible. Like I remember my aunt, like she she went to the video store all the time and even like worked there part time, and she like got a a hold on it so that we would get it the first night because we were all nice. so excited to see it. I remember loving it, and I've seen it a million times since, and I've never like wavered in that love. And I really tried in watching it this time to see like issues and problems and just found myself writing down quotes like never never know, once right? finding issues or problems <laughs> same like i was looking for like here's the part where it lulls here's the scenes that i don't like here's where it's just trying to redo something from the first movie and i was like no nah, i just really like this movie a lot yep. and it's a great companion piece to the original like i i remember watching the original for the first time with kate's family because they had always you know loved this and watched it and i never watched uh-huh. it uh back in the 90s and i remember we watched the first one and i was like this is so fascinatingly morbid and funny uh-huh. it's just unapologetically fucked up but still really lovable and funny it, and it was is. like you know it's like oh there's a sequel to it too and it's like just as good and i'm like there's no way there's no way uh-huh. it like matches that tone but we watched it and i was like yep this is totally just as good and actually mm-hmm. in my head even though i've seen both of these movies so many times i still get plot points in a mixed up oh yeah like I don't know how or why, but for some reason in my head, I always imagine you know Fester with the the white suit and the wig being in the first movie. Ah, huh, okay. And like the baby being in the first movie, and like huh. parts of the first and being in the second one. I, I get them mixed up because in my head, it's like these are just two sides of the same coin to me. Yeah, you know? it's just one long story, really. Like, and it, it's kind of like perfectly complete at the end. Like, I mean, they're you know if there would have been a probably a third movie i would imagine if raul julia hadn't died but with the death of raul julia i feel like this is like a perfect endpoint to to this uh duology here of of just like you you've seen them um have to fight for fester and you've seen them have to like you know integrate fester like it's kind of this perfect he's integrated then he's like taken away and they fight for him he comes back 
everything's kind of complete. That that whole storyline story arc is complete. Uh, but I I feel like definitely if Raul Julia hadn't died, there probably would have been a third one. I mean, this one didn't do as well at the box office, but still made 111 million dollars. So damn, like, dude. I, I, yeah, I feel like this definitely wouldn't have been the end point because. The cast is so fucking good, and they obviously are having a blast. Like, oh like, yeah, we talked about uh, how good that um, Angelica Houston is as Morticia in the first one. Even better in this one. Even like better with her line reads. Even better, like more perfect timing. Everything's just so great. Raul Julia is just going at it. Perfect. I love just fucking when he, perfect. I love when he. Uh, is in the uh, uh, police station. Uh, he's just giving that speech. My brother, passions hostage. I seek justice. <laughs> Denied. <Yeah. laughs> like he is just going <laughs> at it. He gets uh, so like impassioned and over the top, like yeah. all the time. Yeah, and then um, you know, of course, uh, uh, we got Christopher uh, Lloyd, who is amazing. And Dude, he in this movie is a fucking twenty out of ten. Yeah, so he's going over Christopher the top Lloyd, for sure. He's a fucking treasure anyway. He's always yeah. incredible. Fucking Doc Brown. Come he's on, Doc Brown. Yeah, but like in the first movie, he spends so much of that movie being someone else and becoming Fester. Right. With this movie, from the first second, he is nine hundred percent Fester. Yeah, and mm-hmm. dude, he is wild as shit his facial expressions his like line delivery yeah uh-huh oh my god so he is good. committed as shit yeah. he is tearing it up in this movie like this is one of his best performances period in my opinion start to finish yeah. he's amazing i would agree with that um you also got carol kane coming in as uh grandmama and Dude, she okay, really yeah. ups that role like i mean it's carol kane so always love to see her in anything uh she's she's definitely bringing it with that like i don't know like she's got that voice where everything sounds positive when she says it <laughs> but yeah. like the stuff she's saying isn't really positive a lot of the time <laughs> no, it's fucked so up it works yeah. perfectly yeah <laughs> and dude the thing is is like in the original one i feel like if you would have shown me that movie and been like okay so who would you recast in this movie i would be like literally nobody nobody it's perfect right i couldn't imagine anything being any better because honestly the grandma in the first one i can't remember her name yeah she's great like Uh, i have no complaints about her performance but then it's like sub in carol kane and you're like oh fuck like she's actually better yeah it's a shame she and christopher lloyd didn't get like i don't think they have any interaction but they were on taxi together they're really good together oh um, right yeah but yeah I, carol kane so good uh and the fucking uh one person brought into this that definitely brings it harder than anybody i think joan cusack like dude she she's going it. so hard it is great i love Man. joan cusack in this I don't know if it if it's just me or if it's like all of society or whatever, but when I think Joan Cusack in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, it's John Cusack's sister. Like right. in my head, I file her behind John Cusack. Okay. When it's like in reality, she is so fucking good. She is yeah, so funny. Yeah. She can be really serious in roles too. Like sure. she is honestly like a fucking powerhouse actress. She is. Yeah. Yeah. She. She definitely does not need to be in the shadow of John Cusack, for sure. I think uh, she is um, not only, like, because she, she's supposed to be the light, in com- like, 
in contrast to their dark but as we know about them like they're you know loving it etc though they good people though they very much accept death and don't have a problem with murder uh and what's interesting to me is how she is trying to play them and the better she like gets at like coming at them and trying to kill them or whatever the more they seem to like her totally i think in that final like bit where they're all attached to the electric chairs and stuff where they're basically supporting her they're like yeah you know dude you're doing great you're doing a good job like like, there's that part where like morticia is like you've done despicable heinous cruel things i respect that yeah yeah like it's like seriously like i think at the end if debbie there there's a an ending to this movie where debbie just realizes like oh i'm just like you and the adams accept her into the family like I know, right? There's no reason why they wouldn't. It's just that she she can't see that that's a possibility. And that's kind of like what one of the beautiful things about the Adams family is that like it, it gives people who are fucked up hope that like just cuz you're fucked up doesn't mean you can't have this like nice stable family environment. You can be right. fucked up and all be fucked up and still love each other and be happy. And ultimately, at the end of the day, she gets the Disney villain death. She gets hoisted on her yeah. own petard. Uh-huh, uh, like right. they don't, they don't even kill her. It's not no. even like they decided like this person has to go. Let's murder yeah. her and bury her in the backyard. Like she through that insane Rube Goldberg device <laughs> of like little tiny breadcrumbs they've been dropping the whole movie. Uh-huh. Like this is something yeah. I noticed about this movie this time that I hadn't really picked up on before. Is like. Earlier in the movie when they're, you know, uh, Wednesday and Pugsley are like, which will land first, the baby or the the cannonball? Right. Uh-huh. Thing is rolling around on that roller skate. The cannonball right. puts the big hole in the, flu- in the uh-huh. floor. Like, all of those little tiny insignificant breadcrumbs that they've dropped through the whole movie end up being how Pubert ends up saving the day and uh, electrocuting Debbie. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it, it is nice to, like... Because, like, the, they don't have a problem implicating themselves. I mean, like, you know, uh, Lurch cooked a, a dancer into a cake. Like, uh, 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 <laughs> fucking Debbie calls Gomez a, a lady killer, and he says acquitted. Like, they, they've yeah. all been implicated in terrible crimes and have done terrible shit. Uh, but the ending is, yeah, Debbie kind of kind of killing herself on accident and it's really not their desire for her to be dead they they don't want her to die like when fester comes out of the house after she blew it up he's still just like carrying the pot roast or whatever like he doesn't care that she blew up the house or that she tried (laughs) to electrocute him all these things are fine to him he said earlier that the you know the sibling rivalry bit about him and gomez like you know him uh gomez pulling out four of his teeth and him taking out gomez's brain and all that stuff like, <laughs> like he's so to, giddy about it yeah to him that's love so to yeah. him like Deb, debbie doesn't realize she could have her cake and eat it too she could be like doing all the same things that she wants to do and not worry about trying to kill fester she could take all his money and do whatever she wants with it fester doesn't give a shit he's fine with that she's pretty and he likes having her around yeah yeah i mean yeah that's definitely true it's 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 a real nice i think like 
I think it's just a real nice uh, feeling to have that there's this like family out there that is accepting and loving of each other no matter what. And I, I, I think the movie does a good job of showing that too. Like, uh, and we, I, I mean, Joan Cusack is is definitely like fucking bringing it in this, but we haven't talked yet about Christina Ricci, who I think Dude. is so insanely good in this and so much of what she does is just like flat affect and then like faces that she makes like when they get caught trying to escape that first time like and they're dressed like ninjas or whatever the face she makes when they start singing kumbaya is so good like just go back and watch maybe it's not the first time maybe it's the second time they try to escape but they when the people start trying to sing kumbaya at them the face she makes is like just a mix of like horror and confusion and like it's so perfect and then later when she like try like forces herself to smile like the process of it happening like the strained look she has of like forcing the smile so fucking good she's just it, so, it's amazing. so great yeah i mean dude how old is she here she's, she's gotta like be like 13. 11 12 okay so she's yeah. like really young but like showing this emotional intelligence i think to be able yeah. to portray some of those scenes of like what would it be like for wednesday to hear kumbaya what would it be right. like for her to mm-hmm. be forced to smile and just absolutely obliterating it and like yeah. you said so much of what she does is so deadpan uh-huh. but even doing deadpan is still an emotion yeah oh absolutely. And she kills it she's so mm-hmm. fucking good in this man yeah she is i i think like you know, she she was good in the first one, but like just that two years, she she got so good in that two years, and then like you know, just a few years after this, she's already in like Buffalo '66 and and the op or is the opposite of sex, I think. Yeah, she's in, she's in like more serious movies within just a few years. Um, she's great actress, amazing. I love that. Like, she's kind of a she escaped that child actor thing too, where yeah, like I did. feel like her being Wednesday could have been one of those like, Oh, Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin is always Kevin McAllister. Right. Yeah. Uh, Christina Ricci could have always been Wednesday, no matter what she yeah. was in, but she managed to kind of escape that because she is incredibly talented yeah, and, and uh, kept at it and getting different roles and stuff. She's been working consistently, consistently since the early nineties. <laughs> like, yeah. Never lost a fucking step. She has always been, uh doing roles and seems to love doing independent stuff and horror stuff and whatnot i i love christina ricci so much she uh, seems super cool this also has you know some other drop-ins and guests we we have uh peter mcnichol and christine baranski as the uh camp counselors you talk about my my man my man uh, fucking, janosh, uh, janosh pew yeah. for fucking ghostbusters too dude yeah yeah he's so good like peter mcnichol we talked about how great he is in ghostbusters too he's so good in this it, like keeping that barely thin veil of rage like <laughs> you can tell underneath he is pissed all the time but he's always keeping that like smile going but it's so forced same with same christine baranski yeah <laughs> dude you want to talk about somebody who's been in more movies than like oh, fucking yeah. anybody that's ever lived good god she's yeah. been in so much stuff and dude them as the counselors in this mm-hmm. and they're fucking stupid like giddy jump up and down and like kick yeah. their heels up when they yeah. jump shit that they do uh-huh. kills me they're yes. so fucking good and so fucking corny but also playing this 
like like we're putting on a face like we don't right. give a shit about any of this stuff but we're just acting like we're happy it's like they always have the slightly dead eyes behind everything yes. that they're doing they both kill it in this man don't we want them to just die like just <laughs> yeah like they yeah they are like really bringing that that energy of just yeah dead behind the eyes but like still trying to trying to be up and peppy and stuff i i love the way that that whole camp plays out which is obviously like a juxtaposition of how the adamses are these good people who accept others except they don't accept you if you're nothing if you're nobody if you Mm. don't have an interiority if you're not a person like they're just uninterested in you and largely like horrified by your existence the fact that you can just pursue money and not have any thoughts in your head is like disdainful to them so yeah i i love that juxtaposition of these two kids who are obviously happy even though they're trying to kill each other or the baby all the time they're having a, a blast doing it um and then these other kids who like, I mean, one of the most horrifying things they can think of is waking up with their original nose. Like Mm -hmm. it it is very much, you know, um, uh, it is is very much like giving us a parody of, of rich people, like just very much making every one of them, this vapid and, and terrible individual, uh, to make a point, uh, definitely like the way that the, play then like goes about and the parents are all there to see this play and it you know turns to uh wednesday leading a revolt of (laughs) all the outcast kids i i love everything about that and totally i was very interested to like see because watching it it's like this play is is really racist the play is racist yes uh so i was thinking has anyone tried to cancel adam's family values yet uh and i really couldn't find people canceling trying to cancel it i did see one reddit post where somebody was like isn't it a little too racist and everybody was like yeah that's the point the point of it is that these people are racist and that's bad and this is their comeuppance for being racist you realize like wednesday and pugsley didn't write that play right right it's like the the shitty camp counselors only care about the pretty white blonde kids like they're the ones that wrote this so yeah yeah of course it's it's shitty and unfair to native americans and stuff yeah yeah and like just look at just look at the events of the play it's it's pocahontas is at the first thanksgiving like what pocahontas was (laughs) dead what the Chippewa Indians who had right, nothing yeah. to do with that at all. <laughs> yes. Like this is like white person's idea of Thanksgiving, which right? Is exactly. Poor shit, obviously. Yeah, and like uh, even the part where like she says like something about the white people taking baths or whatever. It's like the N- Native Americans had to teach white people to clean themselves. Yeah, like, yeah, they were disgusting. White people have had to be taught to clean themselves a ton throughout history. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like. The the entire play is written by a racist who caters to rich people. And yes, of course the play is racist. That's the point. <laughs> the point yeah. is that these people are racist and need to be taken care of. And then Wednesday does that. <laughs> I know, right? And it's like, yeah, you do have white kids dressed up as Native Americans. But again, they are doing that as a part of this play that yeah, the shitty that person put wrote. together. Yeah. Mm, and then the people that choice. wrote it get roasted on a spit. Yep. So, 
yes, that's a pretty good indication that, yeah, the play's racist and the racists get roasted on a spit, so... (laughs) I don't think it's that bad, huh? Yeah. I I love, too, that they gave the kids this solid B storyline. Like, there's definitely the A story with Fester's stuff, and then the Mm -hmm. B story is the kids at this camp, because I feel like the first movie... You know, Wednesday and Pugsley, like their entire storyline was like, oh, yeah, we're just trying to murder each other the whole time. They were great side slash background characters. But I feel like this movie probably has a stronger A-B story than the first one does to me. Yeah. And yeah, you're you're seeing the like basically we've we've Gomez and Morticia have just been taken from the first movie where they're like dealing with what if we lost all of our money or whatever to now they're just like well we have this child and we need a nanny like their their issues are much smaller in this it's much more about fester and the kids and so like their stories are running concurrently uh and and affecting well uh fester's story is affecting the kids story because of course they hear about this and find out you know that Debbie's a murderer, and they want to escape to come stop it. Um, but the fact that they get prevented from doing that is is a much better like story. Because if they did escape the camp and go like to stop it or whatever, it wouldn't have the same impact. Because I love that Fester never seems to turn on Debbie. He never turns on her. Really, he's always mm-hmm. just like he's like, yeah, and this is what happens. You know, your wife tries to murder you. Um, so he has to be the one to deal with that. You can't have the kids show up as this like deus ex machina that fixes everything. So the fact that they keep getting prevented from escaping, but they know about the other story and they're trying to like, they are concerned about it makes it all work together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. I like the, I like the two storylines going at once. And I even, I'll, I'll say too, like with the first movie, considering it was just being dropped into this Adams family, mm-hmm. it probably didn't really need a B storyline, honestly, because it's really just there to introduce you to yeah, that yeah, entire the whole family, family and their way of right. life. So yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. How about the cameos in this, too? Good Lord. <laughs> a lot of them. Yeah, you got Nathan Lane as the desk sergeant. Uh, you got uh, a fucking, uh, what's his name? Niles is the doctor who delivers the baby. Um, I totally missed David that, dude completely missed that yeah got tony shaloub in the bar as jorge (laughs) jorge the horny sailor (laughs) yeah i think you know like it's you can say these are cameos but at the time i don't know how much of a cameo it is so much as just a small role for an actor like right david pierce i think fraser had started the year this came out so when he when he filmed it he you know, probably not much going on. Um, then you got Dang Nathan Miranda. Lane. She wouldn't oh, yeah. even have no sex in a city at this yeah, point. Yeah, you got Cynthia Nixon, who's just one of the nanny uh, uh, interviewees. Yeah, they have all these these people. Nathan Lane was, you know, he had his Broadway stuff going on, but I don't think he had really hit until the Birdcage as uh, as an actor. Or wait, no, Lion King came out in ninety. Fuck. Whenever Ooh. Lion King came out, came out, that's kind of yeah. the Nathan Lane standout performance at the time. Uh, but yeah, so like yeah, the, there's just a, like a lot of people you'll recognize uh, throughout. But yeah, I don't I don't know how big any of them were at the time. It's just kind of like oh, this is just a small role I took, and it just worked out that we all became famous. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Now, one thing about this movie that I noticed that I feel like I could pick at a little bit, same as the first movie in a lot of ways, but this does have a little bit of that that boomer humor writing aspect of being like, oh, self-help and psychologists, be suspicious of them. They're up to no good. Because ultimately, this movie kind of starts because Fester is reading a self-help book because he's lonely, and that's kind of where all this stuff starts. And obviously, the first movie has a lot of stuff with the psychiatrist and how that leads them down the wrong path. Like This is very much in that age where... There's this huge suspicion among the boomers about, yeah, self-help, therapy, and stuff yeah. like that. And that is a little aspect of this movie. I, I, Yeah, I think, you know, while people were embracing self-help books at that time, and this is kind of poking fun at that with the uh, strange men and the women who avoid them, <laughs> which is the book he's reading. Uh, but yeah, psychiatrists, yeah, boomers really don't like the concept of psychiatry and especially in the 90s that was a gigantic point of like humor just like oh my psychiatrist you know what i'm talking about i'm one of those lawyers you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it was just boomer shorthand for useless stupid job yeah i think so i i think though that the I don't know. Fester's the book he's reading is like more of an indication of like because it opens on him howling at the moon, and then it you know I think the next time we see him alone, he's reading that book, and it's just kind of an indication of what's going on with him that like he's obviously listless and restless, and he wants something, and the book kind of indicates then it's that he wants a partner. He's looking for someone in his life, and then you know we get that definitely said later when he's he he comes running in after he meets debbie holding his like he says like he can't stand it and he like grabs his dick and then like he's talking (laughs) he's driving me wild right yeah she's driving me wild he's talking about like watching Morticia and Gomez through like uh, hallways I've been and, you and windows for years and keyholes, <laughs> keyholes and it's like oh he's watching them fuck <laughs> uh, like, dude I'll say like there's some weirdly hilarious like really fucked up incest jokes in this movie yeah <laughs> that cracked me the fuck up and I think that's the first one yeah I the well there's also when Whenever Gomez comes to uh, talk to him in his bed and Fester, he finds Fester's porn and it's of their mom. Yeah. <laughs> they both look at each other and go, mom. <laughs> yeah. Like it's that so is fucked up. Oh, okay. Wow. It's also implied that I guess Fester lets thing jerk him off or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, he, Fester is saying that like he, he needs you're someone alone. like Morticia. Yeah. Gomez says, you're not alone. You have thing. And then it cuts to thing who is like shaking, I guess from how much he's jerked off Fester. That is a quick joke that goes by really fast, and if you're a kid, you wouldn't get it at all, but you watch it now, and you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, Thing is jerking that guy off, and also uh, saves him in the end, so Thing must be like, man, I I missed jerking that guy off. I guess so, sure. (laughs) Everybody's got to have somebody, I suppose. I guess so. Yeah, so yeah, there's like so much indication that like this is more adult and i had forgotten i had to look up what this was rated because i was like i watched this as a kid i thought this was aimed at kids it's a pg-13 movie both of them are 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, like... It seems so adult, but as you said, as a kid, I didn't recognize those things. So I guess it's doing it slyly enough that it it does that thing where a parents are watching this with their kids and they're getting something out of it while the kid is getting something completely different out of it. And that's cool. I I like that that can happen. It's just also probably indicative of how uh, dumb we were as kids that we didn't catch these things. Could be, could be. <laughs> I'll say, as far as the kid audience goes, this movie does feel a little more cartoony to me than yeah, the first. Mm-hmm. It does, yes. But it's not over the top. It's fine. I mean, you just get some, you know, pies in the face and shit like that. Yeah, that just seems a little bit more silly. Although obviously mm-hmm. the first movie had its fair share of, of very silly stuff in it as well. This one just feels overall a little bit more cartoonish to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you kind of, uh, one of the opening things is Thing riding a, a skate like it's a skateboard. Like, that's that's just cartoony silly. It doesn't have anything to do, really, except, as you said, it does, like, play into the later Rube Goldberg thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not, like, as, as, as an event itself, it is just a silly moment that is obviously for kids. Yeah. Do you think the... The humor, the tone, the look of the movie is on par with the first one? I think that the humor is probably even better for me. Like, I think this is a funnier movie. I think, There's some hilarious shit in it. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the dark tone uh, that is still kind of childlike persists. I, I very much... Th- I feel like the first one, to me... The first one gets darker and like more like down. Like when they're, you know, in that motel and Gomez yeah. is just like watching t- Sally Jesse Raphael and stuff like that. That is a much more down moment than this movie ever has. Yeah, I think so too, for sure. There's something about the humor in this that that is so well done. Where okay, the obvious thing is that the Adams are really fucked up and right. morbid, right? Mm-hmm. But then the second layer of what makes it so funny is, and this is something that I think the Wednesday show misses out on, is that the Adams also are oblivious to the fact that any of this stuff is abnormal or weird or dark Uh at all. Like that Uh scene where Debbie and Fester are talking about how they're both virgins and she's like, oh, we'd have to be married before I ask you to make that ultimate sacrifice. And he's like, a goat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like he's like, this is normal, right? Right. Like, the Sex way that is they normal. talk, it's not a sacrifice, right? Yeah, and even yeah. even like like Gomez, um, whenever he's introducing the kids to the other campers and stuff, he's like, oh, this is my son Johnny. He's a uh, first first chair in the orchestra, or whatever uh-huh. he says. Uh-huh. And he's like, this is Pugsley. He's on probation, right? Like, he's oblivious <laughs> to the fact that these are negatives, and that other people think this stuff is weird or dark or fucked right. up. Which yeah. is again how insulated and tightly knit the Adamses are. Yeah. Is like they don't think of any of this stuff as being weird. Well, and he's also like proud of his son for living, basically. Like, yeah, all the other these other kids at the camp are being forced into like doing all these different things for their future and whatnot. Whereas his kids are just enjoying themselves. They're being kids. They're having yeah. fun. Uh, Adam style, which is, you know, much more violent and <laughs> likely to cause death than any other kid. But they're, they're definitely like, they're kids who know who they are because their parents let them be who they are. Totally. Right? Yeah. I think the look of the movie, um, 
I mean, it seems like it's a lot of the same sets and the same kind of style of costuming and stuff. So it still looks really good. I think, I think the first one overall looks better to me. There's a few scenes in this where hmm, some of the okay. color grading seems kind of weird to me, like especially at the camp, at the camp and stuff. Hmm. Yeah, when it, you know, it's these super pale gothic-looking kids that are among all these super brightly colored, tan, dressed in bright colors, you know, blonde-haired kids. Yeah. I could tell they were kind of having some trouble balancing some of the colors and stuff there. There's well, some, yeah. some scenes where, like, Wednesday and Pugsley, like, their their lips are almost orange-colored because they're having to tweak the uh, the color palette and yeah. stuff a little bit there. Some of that looks a little hard to juggle. I, I don't have a solution. I don't know how you'd even fix yeah, I, that, but I feel like I, the, the first one's a little more consistent in the visual. I, yeah, I don't remember the first one having a lot of exterior day shots. Right, that, yeah. That probably, you know, and, and like this is, I believe they, they shot this up uh, in Sequoia National Forest. So, like, they're, they're in a forest in california so there's not like a ton of of weather shifts but there can be a lot of clouds and whatnot so like yeah you're gonna have shifting lighting and and all sorts of stuff and yeah i I see what you're talking about i hadn't really thought about it but it did stick out to me how different the lighting can be scene to scene in the the camp scenes Mm -hmm. in comparison to everything else which is you know very obviously creatively lit to keep things nice and dark yeah, it still feels pretty damn seamless to the yeah. first one to me. Like it, yeah. I mean, it's the same director and and all that yeah, kind of Seinfeld, stuff. And Barry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, you're basically dealing with the same cast, and it's just two years later. Like, there's not, yeah, like it, it really is just kind of like I mean, we just did with Home Alone too. Like, you you should have a, a good shorthand with each other by that point. You should have a lot of like connection and camaraderie so things should move more smoothly which i think this movie uh shows it it, it definitely indicates how smooth everything probably was on set every day because everybody knows each other and they've worked together and all that stuff i yeah i I think it's it's hard to find a flaw other than you know some exterior lighting (laughs) issues like i i don't that's the biggest complaint you have that's pretty minor right (laughs) like i i really i didn't write down a single negative thing i don't think because i I really wanted to find something wrong but i kept getting i kept getting enamored with the movie it's just so fun and like i I mean angelica houston's delivery of marvelous news i'm having a baby right right now now. (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's such a fucking perfect moment and then the music picks up and then like all the action but she never she never gets excited no like her affect never changes it, it's so perfect i i i'm just sold on it from the beginning and it's real hard for me to see any issues with this except for one major glaring glaring issue oh. the in credit rap Okay. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> it's by so tag bad. team. By tag team who stole a song from uh, a su- Southern sixty five or whatever it was. Woot, I did not know about is. this. Woot! There it is. Came out two months before. Whoop! There it is. Um, it's totally you, different, dude. Totally yeah, I different. I don't know if you remember they had they had them both on Arsenio Hall uh, to see like what people liked the most. I don't remember who won. Anyway, oh. 
I, I think when you you find out that the people who did Whoop There It Is were hired by the Adams Family <laughs> Values people to do an end credit rap, and all they did was add the Adams Family to their already like existent one hit wonder. Um, you realize, oh, they didn't have any talent, and they probably stole that song entirely. Yeah, probably just talentless <laughs> hacks, right? <laughs> it could be that. It is the most lazy fucking phoned-in right. excuse for a movie song. Like, the the Adams Family rap that, that Hammer did in yeah, the first so one is good. a fucking <laughs> yeah. masterpiece, especially compared to this one. Dude, like, it is the most lazy, just like, oh, so there's a lazy. hole in the lyrics right here. Let's just say the Adams Family. The Adams Family. That makes sense. That ties it in. Whoop, what? There it is. That the Adams family. family. What? <laughs> like, is it okay? Is it whom their it is? Like, they're talking about cousin it. Oh, they see. That's all they had to do. I bet they're kicking themselves. I know they're listening. I know sure. they're listening right now. Kicking themselves, realizing we could have just changed it to whom their it is. I T T, and not even had to throw in the Adams family. Well, then they could have gone. Whoop, there it is. Look at his long hair. Whoop, there it is. What in the world's he saying? You know? That would have been better. better. That it's is better. better. It's so much better. <laughs> yeah. So, so that that so is weak. bad. That is bad. I I mean, because like they obviously went with Hammer in the first one because Hammer was so popular at the time. So Mega it's not, huge. A, not a surprise they reached for a popular act of the day because whoop there it is was so fucking Massive. popular oh my god yeah. dude yeah huge now obviously like you and i are fans of this movie but i hate to tell you this steve there are some people out there that like it less oh really there is are it, anyone in particular you're thinking of i'm thinking about my man jacob john taylor one <laughs> who wrote a three-star <laughs> review on IMDb April 24th of 2017, Steve. Okay. It's so funny. <laughs> so I, late, late, late last night, I had a late one, and uh, as usual, I went to bed like super stoned and was reading IMDb trivia. I, I do right. that a lot of times before I go to bed. If uh-huh. I going to do an episode, I read trivia mm-hmm. and reviews and stuff. I came across this guy's review, and I just thought to myself, wait, I must just be really high. Wait, <laughs> I might be having a stroke because I kept catching myself rereading the same sentences like six times in a row and being like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Am I okay? <laughs> you you are. I read it too. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I reread it today, yeah, sober, and I was like, oh, no, I was fine. This guy can't type. Nope. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read you this here mm-hmm. as it appears on the on the IMDb site. The, the review is titled... Oh, come on, this is an awful movie. Period. <laughs> okay, here's the review. This movie is awful. The Adams Family 1991 was awful. This is ever worst. <laughs> I think the ever worst is like a, uh, I think that's a German sausage, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I love an ever worst. Mm, oh, it's so yeah. good. Maybe maybe Everwurst is like really bad, and he's comparing it to that. Oh, this okay. is Everwurst. It's so bad. No one likes it. Pashtinokwurst. <laughs> you know how we all hate Everwurst. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and this is Everwurst. Uh-huh. I do not know why people like it. It is not funny. Now, it is not a 6.6. It is a 3. I, I do want to, you, you just completed this sentence for them. It just says, I do not why people like it. 
Oh wait. I, it doesn't I even do say not, no. It I, doesn't say no. It doesn't. I do not why people, why like, people it. like it. I do not why people like it. God. Uh, the storyline is awful. Uh-huh. It is not funny. It is sick and awful. The ending is awful. <laughs> <laughs> That's one sentence, by the way. <laughs> now, this is where I started smelling the burnt toast. Uh-huh. I have to read this carefully because I'm yeah. going to auto-correct it. Uh-huh. It, this, has to be one of the worst comedy movies ever. It, I think comedy is just too easy and more. (laughs) That's T-O, easy, and more. And more. Here's the biggest question he asked, though. Yeah. Was ever hard to do not know? Question mark, period. (laughs) Was Was ever ever hard hard to do do not not know? know? Question period. That is, a, I mean, dude, the interrobang is a thing. It's like the question mark exclamation point. Yeah. When you have a question mark period. What does that mean? That means it's a rhetorical question. Like, I don't want oh. your fucking answer. <laughs> Was ever hard to do not know? But people like laughing so much that no one has worked hard at it anymore. <laughs> this has to be a German. Like, he's right? mad that people like laughing. <laughs> the people, they like laughing so much. They, they love Everwurst also. Uh, no one ever says, stop, you have gone to fair. They just laugh. They just laugh. I cannot laugh at something that is not funny. I cannot laugh at something that is sick. Whoever wrote this has no talent. I th- was he talking about himself writing that yeah, review? That's okay. exactly what I was thinking. That's his he sign just off. reviewed his own review. That's what it sounds like. Has no talent. I, you sent this to me. I was cracking the fuck up. And the concept, because this was written in 2017. Yeah. The concept that somebody in 2017 said, I think comedy is just too easy. Like, well, <laughs> I think that's what he said. Yeah. Wasn't everybody, and still they are saying that uh, you can't, you can't do anything. You can't say anything funny anymore. Or you'll get canceled. Like this person thinks, oh no, no, no. You've got it all wrong. You can do and say literally everything and it's sick and it's awful. It's yeah. too easy anymore. Cause people love to laugh too much. Oh, uh, too much, dude. Yeah. Too much. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. I want to live in the world this guy has painted where people love to laugh to the point that they just laugh at everything. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> it's too easy. Too easy, this guy says. Three stars. I love that it was three stars as well. Like, there was yeah, apparently three stars something. worth of redeeming quality in yes. here. <laughs> he says it definitively. It is not a 6.6. It is a three. I don't know who he's, like, competing with here where he says it's not a 6.6. But... Like he is definitive that it is a three. Like he's oh, it's a three. He's put it through his rubric and he's come out with three. I really want to know what he liked. Like he should have included that. <laughs> Why did he know give what it his a three? One is like what? It, what is his one? What's going on here? <laughs> oh man, it's one of those that's just awful and sick. I bet just yeah. awful. Awful, twi- probably awful. the original Adams Family. I bet <laughs> that's the one for him. This one improved. So okay, step up. I suppose, yeah. huh? I love it. Like I, I think that Me this too. is a cool movie and a good example of how you can do a sequel that feels very seamless with the first one and has a very similar mm-hmm. tone and humor. Right. 
and the same characters as its basis, but isn't just a beat by beat retread Home Alone two. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Th- this to me is is a great example of a comedy sequel. Uh, it doesn't have to do anything revolutionary. It doesn't have to like break the mold. Uh, it just needs to bring us the things that we loved about the first one and give us another situation that they could be in. And that's what they did. And it works perfectly for me. Totally agree, man. I'll always watch this one after I watch the first one, which is damn near every Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, this is, uh, has probably become a yearly tradition now at this point where I've, I've watched the Adams family movies every year, at least for the past three years, I think. And totally. we'll keep it up because every single time I'm just like, man, I love these movies. So yep. I, I am going to admit to nostalgia and whatnot or whatever, when when scoring this um it it's 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 just everything we've just talked about it i don't know how i could say that for me this is anything less than a 10 this is a mm-hmm. 10 for me i love this movie and will love it because it, it's proven uh for the past what is it 93 to now jesus christ that's so long I know. <laughs> it's almost 30 years. Uh, almost 30 years I've been watching this movie, and I've never lost that feeling of just absolutely being enamored with the film. So to me, it's a 10. I get that. I understand if other people have problems with it. I do not have them. Honestly, like I was sitting here going into this review thinking to myself, I scored the original one a 10. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure. If I yeah. didn't, I'll retroactively score right. a 10. Right. <laughs> And I was thinking to myself, like, well, I c- there's no way I could rate this one as high as the original. And as you're talking about it, I'm sitting here going, okay, like, realistically, what don't you like right. <laughs> about this one as much as the original? Yeah. And I'm like, well, like, nothing. Plus, this one right. has Fester in it the entire time. Which is great. Yeah. And the upgrade of Carol Kane. Absolutely. So I'm like, what do I like better about the original? And I can't. I can't really come up with anything, honestly. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to have to rate them equal. Yep. Ten. Woo. All right. It's a winner. What Fuck a great yeah. choice. Good yeah. old Patreon pick right there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Loved. Thanks, Ian. Thanks again for putting this in. Honestly, yeah. thank all of you. Like, going through the stuff in the bowl, it's like I would happily cover any of these movies. So, thanks, patrons. Yeah, no doubt, man. You guys got the good taste and stuff. I know a lot of other podcasts, whenever they do like, hey, Patreon, you can you know choose what episode we'll do. Like, A lot of times fans of shows will just like fan punish them and give them some like <laughs> real piece of shit movie because they just want to like drag right. them through the mud and make them talk about it. But our people that support our show seem to genuinely want to hear us talk about good movies. So I appreciate yeah. that you guys want to hear us talk about good stuff. And you're putting good things in the Patreon smoking bowl. That is again, awesome. $5 a month and up, you can uh, submit a movie of your own choosing yep. to that thing. And uh, even if you just support us for a dollar or more, you get access to all the Patreon-only episodes, including Absolutely. the Hell Rankers, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night series that you guys are fixing to put up Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and uh, I guarantee you, Emily and I are going to get back to our Treehouse of Horror stuff. It has been chaotic for the past three months. We are getting back to it. As soon as I have my studio set up, we will be recording it. I'm so excited to do it because I love the Treehouse of Horror stuff. Very excited to be talking about the Silent Night, Deadly Night and ranking that that franchise. Those episodes are really fun and definitely worth a, a, a buck a month. 
Sure. Maybe yeah. even a buck oh five. Yes. Yeah, send us a buck oh five. We'll buy some freedom. Yeah, there you go. That's the that's <laughs> cost of freedom right there. That's right. Yeah, support us on the Patreon, rate and review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can do that. Hang out with us on all of our social media pages, our Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, which you can find on our Linktree Link page. Yeah. But pretty much everything is fucking, yeah, slash dead and lovely. You'll find yep, us. Absolutely. If you want us, you'll find us. Track uh-huh. us down. We're out here. And be sure to tune in next week for the first episode of the year 20 and 23 in the future. Chur, chur, chur. What yeah. are we going to be talking about? The Wolf of Snow Hollow. This is Woo. one that uh, is in the bowl, has been requested by others, and also one that I've wanted to cover. So good time, too, because it's a nice wintry, snowy movie. And we're into wintry, snowy times. I mean, I'll say that there's a lot of snow in it. I remember the scenes where Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie do a whole lot of <laughs> cocaine in it. Yep, that's it. The, the that's Wolf this one, of right? Snow Holler, that's right. It's the Wall Street movie, isn't it? Right. All the trading, insider trading, all that uh-huh. stuff. It's that yep. one, right? Yep. That's a fun one. I like that one. I like when he's on all the drugs and he's falling down and drooling. It's good. Yeah, and then there's a werewolf. It's crazy. I don't remember that part of it. Oh, you don't? Oh, well, this, listen, just, I'll send you a link and you try this one out. See what you think. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. This is a different cut than what I saw in theater. Right. So we'll yeah. find out about that one. Uh, yeah, it'll be a good one. So be sure to tune in then. Hope everybody out there has a safe and happy New, New Year's. Year's. Remember, do not go out there drinking and driving, guys. Please just don't do, the do drinking. that. Don't drive. Do the drinking. Don't yeah. be driving, especially in the day and age where we have Uber basically everywhere, right. even in small towns and stuff. A lot of place. I'm not saying everywhere, but yeah. a lot of small towns and stuff. You can get an Uber. You can get a Lyft. Right. Uh, drunk driving should be obsolete by now. You know, It <sighs> yeah. should be completely well, eradicated. I mean, we all shouldn't be driving cars. There should be trains to go everywhere. But let's not get into that, fuck Elon Musk. Let's not get into that at the end of the episode, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> what was that? Fuck uh, Elon Musk. In the room? What's going on he there? He sucks. Elon What's Musk What's happening? Sucks. He's not going to take you to Mars. He's just going to no. ruin everything and take money. Anyway. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> huh? But yeah, be out there and be safe and have fun. And again, don't drink and drive. There's just absolutely no reason to do that. So have a good one, and we'll catch you guys there next year. Bye! Thoughts on the butter knife. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So for one, it really just lets you know how goddamn fantastic butter is. That like we keep an entire drawer full of utensils specifically that are knives for butter. Like yeah. it's that uh-huh. good. That's how yeah. good butter is. Right. Yeah. No, listen. You're not going to catch me disagreeing that butter is amazing and that it needs its own knife. Yeah. It deserves it, frankly. Absolutely. But the thing is, is I don't know about you, but I all purpose to shit out of my butter knives and I use them for all kinds of non-butter things. Okay. And so I was like slicing through some, uh, like some cheese or something the other day, uh-huh. which I, you know, it's, that's not too far away from, from butter now that I think about it. It is a similar dairy product, but like whenever True. you like, you know, you're like spreading some jam out with a knife, yeah. with a butter knife. Do you think that knife is just like, what the fuck are you doing to me? <laughs> What's the matter with you? This is not my purpose. No, I have one job, motherfucker. And you're, what are you, you're spreading me thin over here, (laughs) he says.
And what about all these other things that are in your pantry that are so insulted that they're not good enough to get their own fucking cutlery item? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know? Such as? Like... Well, uh, you know, again, I could go for, like, a peanut butter knife or something like that. Like, it's like, I'm not good enough to get my own fucking piece of silverware? I have thought in the past that the peanut butter knife should exist, though... I guess if you have like an offset spatula, that's that's kind of like a peanut butter knife. Kind of, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz like when you use the butter knife, you know, it's got that like serrated edge. And I'm always a little worried it's going to do something to the bread, you know? You're going to get be. a little hole in the bread. I don't want that serrated edge. I want it to be nice and smooth. Peanut butter knife. Why in the hell do you need the serrated edge for goddamn butter anyway? Butter's like the softest <laughs> shit on earth. Um, that's a good question. I I do wonder. I mean, I guess I don't know because like I'm thinking because I just spread some butter on toast not fucking thirty minutes ago. Uh huh. And as I was spreading it, like the the temperature in our home is not high enough that it's like at that great spreading temperature. It's just at like pretty good spreading temperature. And I feel like the serration helps to, like, spread it thinner when okay. it's in that, like, thicker state. So maybe, like, I, I'm, I'm not questioning the inventor of the butter knife over here. Like, I'm not going to, what am I going to do? Like, reinvent the butter knife? No way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up tomorrow and find myself on a list of, like, known YouTubers who are butter knife doubters. <laughs> I'm going to be, like, top of the list. He outed a- himself as a doubter last week on his... Podcast. Yeah, there's one of those like four hour iceberg movies where are uh, uh, videos on YouTube about how uh, <laughs> your position on butter knives is wrong. And it just <laughs> it starts with like, all right, let's talk about serration, and then there's like an hour reasoning of like why you need the serration on the knife. <laughs> I was wrong, man. They're gonna show me one of these days. You're gonna get canceled. Could That's be. it. Mm-hmm. 